0: Welcome to the Walk Out on the Water podcast channel. I'm your host, Caitlin DeBeer. I'm a life coach, previous psychology lecturer, a motivational speaker, and the author of the daily devotional for women, Walk Out on the Water. I'm also a wife, a mum of two littles, and a follower of Jesus. This is a space where I hope to inspire you through interviews, stories of hope, and my own nuggets too, around loving yourself, Loving your life, yep, even the mums, and motivating you to want to wake up every morning and live the exceptional life that you were created for. Over to today's episode. Cool guys, I am so excited to um, have someone that I really admire on on. I want to say the Unpodcast again, and I've just rebranded on Walkout on the Water podcast. Um, and yeah, I think this is, this is I want to say, like an organization that I've followed for a long time. I really admire people that are, um, that are bold and pursuing things that, are passionate, that they're passionate about. So, Jodie, welcome to Walk Out on the Water. Thanks, Caitlin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's lovely to have you here and to actually yeah, see your face, at least I can. Um, and <laughs> like we communicate with people for so long online, but we actually don't know them at all. Um, I always think when I meet someone in person, they're not going to recognize me because I look so different, but uh, (laughs) hopefully it doesn't feel that way. Um, But yeah, let's start by, can you just share a bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm a
1: 28-year-old wife, a mom, a business owner, um, uh, and I run this organization Connected. Um, Like I said, we have recently moved to Kloof, so in between all of this, we've been packing up our life in Durban North and um, relocating to Kloof. And yeah, just a busy on the go, always something happening, mama, wife, and just with a passion, I think, to see people succeed and living their best lives.
0: Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I think that's such a passion for me, too. So I love hearing that. And um, the way you said it, like, I know the organization that you run and that you're going to share on now, but no one else does yet. Um, And yet you didn't bring up what type of people those are. And, you know, and so, yeah, I think that already just shows your heart and, and it's just seeing people succeed. It's just seeing everyone as equals and and deserving to live, as you said, their best lives. Um, and yeah, I very much feel you in the like crazy of, of trying to juggle it all, the mama wife business and then on the side trying to do community, Work that yeah. um, that often, yeah, has to sort of fit in, even though it's it's such a passion. It can feel like, um, yeah, you're trying to fit it into those other hours that we just don't have, but have to make. Um, so yeah, tell us about connected and um, the organisation, or you tell me what word you'd even want to use for it.
1: Cool. So connected. Um, I'm going to go a little bit back into the history of how it yeah, started. Um, and. I think it was when I was about 15 years old my mom took me with a church group to a shelter in the middle of town um I've always had a passion for children and for people and um so the shelter that she took me to we didn't realize at the time that it was one of the most dangerous shelters in town but I remember I remember leaving there and there was such a um, contradiction of emotions, like the happiness and the comfort that we took there, but the pain that was there. Mm. So I, I remember seeing a little child being chased with a bat, but then by, by his parents, and then the comfort of them coming to play with my hair, and how just taking yourself into a space that can be um, so scary, how much peace that brings to somebody. Mm. And I, I left there, and I think that's kind of where this all started. Um, and so I continued going into the shelters regularly. Um, I've always volunteered in spaces, um, you know, around the city in baby homes and, you know, organizations that are already existing. And then in about, I would say about 2015, 2015 I really got involved in the shelters in Durban. And I would visit weekly. I would work with the families and the children. Um and that was a really, it's a hectic space. Yeah. Um, and then we got unfortunately banned from one of the shelters because there was a lot of stuff that was going on inside there and they didn't want us to see what was happening. Mm-hmm. And because we were trying to, um, I don't want to say fix the problems, but we're trying to um, like diffuse things that were happening that shouldn't be happening there, especially amongst the children they knew that we were a threat to, you know, and allowing us and could mean the end of a business. Mm-hmm. So at the back end of 2018, I'm again in the middle of town. Uh, we drove down Ambilo Road um, and there's a, a section in Ambilo Road that people just don't go down. And it's just because of the danger that apparently is in that space. And something was just inside of me. And I was like, no, we can't ignore these people just because of the danger that's labelled around here. And so um, that was the back end of 2018. And then I continued going and visiting them weekly. And for a long time, it was just me and one other person. And I, I'm so embarrassed to say it now. But because of this this um, danger that was, all over there i was too scared to get out of my car at that time so i would open my window a little bit and i would hand out food to the guys and weekly the window would go down a little bit more and a little bit more and now they can laugh about it with me but in the beginning like you know we label these spaces because of assumptions and what we think happens there and now they've become like my best friends but Basically, in the beginning of twenty nineteen, I realized that there was just so much potential in the space and the people, and they were—they a lot of them didn't choose to be there, and mm-hmm. um, they were drawn to that space because it's a comfort for them, um, and they had friends in that area, and so connected was birthed out of me just seeing an area that really just um, was desperate to be connected to people who loved them and saw them for who they are, and. Yeah, so that's kind of how Connected was birthed in 2019 and we are now 2021 and we've had the most amazing stories, we've built the most incredible relationships and friendships, our volunteer team has grown tremendously um, and it's so amazing because a lot of the guys who we served in the early days are now part of our team who go out and visit the guys and Encourage them to walk the same journey that they have out off the streets. Mm. So yeah, that's kind of how Connected was birthed. I wish I had something more, um, like wow to say, but it was really just Mm. it was just a space that I saw that was really needing people Mm. and to see other people as human beings. Mm. Um, and that's yeah, that's how Connected started.
0: Mm. I think. I mean, there's so much in in what you've shared, but often when we share things about ourselves, we think it's like not a big deal because it's just our life. But someone listens from the outside and can't believe your heart and your bravery, even though for you, it's probably just like, but it felt so natural. And, and, and I love that. I love, I love it when we can actually be true to that, like what feels natural, what, what it got place in you, that you now are just being true to you just being true to you. So you make it sound so like it's blasé. But for all of us, we like that's incredible that you um, that you took those steps and that you kept going back. And I think the way you describe that, that like open your window a little bit, so many people can relate to because because yeah. we don't know, and what we don't know, we often fear. Um, and yeah, I I mean it's it's an it's an incredible story. Um, tell us a bit about what you actually do now with um, yeah. with these people. So I mean, you say that you that you'd visit weekly. What is it that you'd actually do there?
1: So I've always um, had the impression that no, we can't label a homeless person as a homeless person because although they might be sleeping on the streets, not every homeless person's story is the same. Mm-hmm. And so my mission has always been to understand each person as an individual, mm-hmm. understand how they got to the streets and um, what brought them there. Why they're still there, and what we can do to journey with them off the streets. So a lot of the times, um, and yeah, a lot of the times people come to Durban to look for work. I think uh, Durban is known as one of the spaces that people come and look for work. And then pride keeps them there when they don't get a job, Mm -hmm. and you know people don't go back home and and say to their family, "Look, I haven't gotten a job. I've got nothing to give you." Mm -hmm. So. I mean, it's something as simple as not getting a job and then getting caught up in the street life, which is a very dark hole. And then trying to find the courage and the determination to get back out again. So our vision is, I think, to put it bluntly, to get people off the streets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can go and feed weekly and build these amazing relationships. But so when we see people in the same space week after week, it's, it's that's not why we're there. And that's what I keep on telling the guys, because they they like, why do you keep coming back? Why? What is it that, you know? and um But it's so amazing to see those that have really held on to our truth and why we're there and believed in why we're there and to see how far they've come. So our vision is really to um, walk a journey with people back to wholeness, back to a life um, on the streets, back into um, society. And whatever that looks like for that individual. So some of them, it's as simple as getting an ID. I mean, people's IDs get stolen and that holds value and worth in their life. And if you don't have that, you cannot get a job. So it's as simple as an ID. Some um, Look, a lot of them, I don't want to say a lot because there's such a stigma around the homeless and addictions. And I think we need to break that because a lot of people aren't on the streets because of addiction. Um, Unfortunately, many get caught up in addiction. So we do try and journey with them through that as well because it's more of a comfort, I think, um, to feel okay in that space than it is a long-term addiction. So it's a comfort to know I'm going to get through tonight and tomorrow is going to be another day. But when they get taken out of that space, their mindset changes and that addiction is no longer there. And I've seen that time and time again. So we journey um through that with them. Sometimes it's as simple as, you know, just putting a CV together for them or um teaching them uh how to go and sit in an interview and how to behave in an interview. Um so every individual's different and we don't have a one size fits all for our mission of why we're there. Every person we get to know by name, why they got there and what their next step is to getting off the streets. Mm-hmm. And it's literally as simple as that.
0: Yeah that's incredible. Um I know I would never forget seeing one of your posts. Um it was um, I think it was last year and um you said something about um, I'm just trying to think but like the police and, it, and it's probably an emotional thing for you oh. when the police had come and um it was yeah and and if I remember I mean I'm not on the post now but what hit me was how you said like yes these guys are all using drugs but they don't sell drugs um have I got the story right Oh That's yes, remember so we
1: yes I remember um so a lot of the guys, the police target them because they're easy targets. I mean, it's very easy to go to the same space every day and see the same people, to know where they sit and it's to erase them for something. Because they don't have, um, I don't know what the word is, but they don't have, the they might have the courage to stand up to them. But it's very difficult for them to fight policemen back. They, they've got nothing to stand on. Um, The police know that they're not running back to their family or their family lawyer, Um, so it's a lot easier for the police to blame them for something. And something that's very common on the streets with these guys is they will get um, arrested for something that they haven't done. So they'll get told on their charge sheet, like, you're arrested for taking heroin, but in actual fact they weren't taking heroin. They can't even afford heroin, mm. but it's their word against the polices. And this is something that we struggle with daily. Mm. And I mean, I've spent many times in jail with these guys trying to bail them out because I know, I know what drugs they're taking. I know where they get it from, but I also know that they were charged incorrectly and that's against the law. And I will fight for these guys because there is no one else to do it. Yeah. Um, So that is something that we struggle with often is the, um, false allegations and the false charges um, against them just because of their status and because of the fact that they're living on the
0: streets. Mm. And yet at the same time, you're admitting that they're taking drugs. And I think that, mm-hmm. um, again, it's something that you so used to, but for us to hear it from the outside, um, like when I read that, it was like, they're not selling drugs, they're just taking drugs. But like, you didn't say it like that, but it just hit me how, um, how you can normalize something and um, and and then try to help do you know what I mean it's not accepting yeah, like, it. It's, it's
1: yeah and they are well aware they they are well aware that I will 100% not accept it they mm. do not do it in front of us yeah. but they also have the courage to open up about those those mm. problems with us and I think that's important and that's yeah. uh, uh, that's probably why I speak about it because although it's not normal and it's not okay it's something that they're facing and if we really want to help these guys in the best way possible we need to understand if the whole problem it's not just the fact that they're on the streets yeah. um and so I don't want to say it's it's okay and that it's normal because it's not mm-hmm. um and I do want people to know that we fight wholeheartedly to get mm-hmm. them clean before we do anything else with them um but it is a it's part of a lot of their lives mm-hmm. um so I do need to speak about it and
0: I, I like that you speak about it I think that's what I want to make make clear is that you know the whole picture you're not going in like blind being like I want to get these people jobs and uh, I'm pretending that things aren't happening like you you know yeah you know it all and you're fighting for all those areas and I think that's a beautiful thing that you are still seeing them um, as you see them but you know the full picture too Um, tell us about the types of people is it mainly guys is it children is it women what like what do you tend to see
1: Um it's been quite interesting. Um the spaces that we visit have quite a variety of men and women. And before COVID, we had probably 20% female, 80% male. Mm -hmm. Um and since COVID has hit, and we last year we weren't able to go to those exact spaces, Mm -hmm. we've got hardly any females that are that are in those areas. And I'm hoping that it's because um there has been a female shelter that's been set up. Wow. So I'm really hoping that the women that were there are in safe spaces and have found, um, yeah, have found a bit of safety for themselves. But majority of the people that we deal with are males. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a few females that we um, work with and that sleep in the same spaces. But yeah, it's probably at the moment ninety five percent males and five percent um, females. And yeah, we we haven't had any kids since COVID.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure people have different experiences of this, but it's it's just interesting to hear from the outside. Um, yeah. you also started something new that's sort of even more empowering. Tell us, uh, not even more, um, but sort of um, bounced That off is, this. Um, yeah. Tell us about that.
1: So, you know, I visit week after week and it's the most frustrating thing when you see the same people week after week just taking a meal and off they go and carry on with their lives and then you see them again next week can you give them a meal and they carry on um and we realized that the only way to see actual progress in these people is to to do something more than just give food so Many of them don't have a skill. So, although we can try and look for work for them at the moment, trying to find any employment is really difficult, Mm -hmm. especially for someone who doesn't have a skill. So, we have started um, a project. I I, I don't know if you can call it a project um, called Encouraging Eco. And basically, what it is, is it will be a skills development course. It will be things like beading, crocheting, woodwork, um, clock making, and basket making. And basically what we're going to do is take them through a course, teach them how to make products, and then those products will be packaged and distributed into the stores that we are partnered with. Um, and so the purpose of that is to obviously first teach them a skill, give them some value and some work. We'll then encourage them to go off the streets because the purpose is for them to be able to take a little goodie bag home with them, continue creating products. They'll then come and meet us every two or three weeks, hand over those products. We'll then be able to pay them for them and they'll go back home. Um, So I think it's just super exciting that it's so much more than just a meal. Um, It's empowering them. And yeah, we're so excited to just see their products in store and to really support locals best as we can. Mm,
0: I I absolutely love that. And I think you are spot on in saying, um, you know, a skills is basically going to open up so many more doors. Yeah. Yeah. And have you got people that are skilled in those areas that can sort of train them, or are you looking for people? What's sort of the the thought there?
1: So it's really exciting. Our first course is a beading course, and that's going to be run by a guy named Charlie, who actually lived on the street before he was heavily addicted, and he has since found um, employment. But before that, he got into the beading and he taught himself Mm. how to bead, and he has just made the most amazing little business. Um called Heavenly Beads by Charlie. And I think it's so cool because he's going to be leading our first speeding course. And it's it's just amazing because he's been in those spaces, he's managed to get himself out, and for him to resonate so deeply with the guys that he's going to be um teaching is amazing, amazing. So we do have um some people for for some of the courses, but we're not limiting the courses that we're teaching. So it's really any skills that are tangible that we can teach somebody that they can create something we want to be able to pass those skills on so we don't have um trainers for every you know every course we're always looking for something new to teach them um yeah so if anyone has any any skill that they're able to pass on it would be amazing to partner with these guys and to really teach them something that they can carry with them forever
0: Mm, yeah that's incredible i absolutely love that i think that's um yeah, you, you've hit the nail on, on the head in terms of not just wanting to go there and give food. I think that's um, yeah. absolutely what we are called to do, and I, I can't help but find these scriptures like again and again that speak about doing exactly that, like about feeding and yeah. um, you know those that that can't feed themselves. And so I think there's so much yeah you know, value in that. And um, gosh, my children are like obsessed now. If we see anyone in the street, they're like, mom should we go home and quickly make uh-huh. a sandwich?" um which i love um that's but, but, that's an
1: important lesson.
0: yes absolutely and in our home um, that kind of thing is really important but taking it one step further will change their life forever um and so i love what you're doing there and i think um there are probably so many people that could get on board and help um, even if it's for like a couple of weeks for a program or like some yeah you know making their impact
1: yeah, so we every course will be different. Um, our, our beating course, we start with the beginners, and then intermediates, and then more experienced. And um, we're going to be teaching them things that, that they'll be able to learn at the space that they, they're at at the moment, because a lot of them don't have any skills. So we have to start at the beginning, and I don't think we'll be able to put everything in at once. Yeah. Um, So we're just going to kind of figure it out as we go and just, yeah, see how it goes. Mm,
0: and i'm sure you'll start to see like someone will have a knack for something and someone else for something else and um, which is also so empowering for them to be able to see that like they're actually really good at something naturally and they never would have known that otherwise Um, which it's
1: so exciting yeah. there's been like a since we started this and we started inviting people in it's been it's, it's like such a um excitement because there's something for them to to hold on to now and to wait for and to um, you know that that they can actually they can see themselves making a difference and they can see their life changing.
0: It's so amazing. I literally, yeah, it gets me really excited. Um, I don't think I can offer too much apart from motivational speaking in terms of that. That's I'm a really useless. Good <laughs> useless <laughs> other sort of more hands-on things. Mm-hmm. But um, but I love, yeah, I love what you're doing and that you've created a space for this. And 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 I know there's just so much need in the world, but i I think it's those little steps. It's actually just stepping out and doing what we can and not believing that there's so much need that we almost are frozen, which I think as South Africans we often are. Um so yeah, it's amazing. But I
1: also think it's important to know that we do have something to pass on. So even though you think it may just be motivational speaking, Mm -hmm. um, it's a skill that we we like that we've got and that we Mm -hmm. are able to share with people and to teach people and to not limit what we've uh, the gifts that we've been given right. and to really pass those down to people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell us where everyone can find you or remind us at least where everyone can find you. So both, um, both things we've sort of spoken about today.
1: Cool. So we on both Facebook and Instagram, um, connected is on Facebook and Instagram at connected faith, hope, wholeness. And then, um, encouraging eco is also on both, both Instagram and Facebook at encouraging eco on Instagram and at encouraging, um, eco on Facebook.
0: Okay. Amazing. And I mean, if people did want to donate, I know obviously for meals and I'm sure there's so much stuff that you rely on donations for, how could they get yeah. involved from that side of things?
1: So we are always looking for meals. We go out every week and we feed around a hundred people. Um, so if anyone's able to sponsor a meal um, one week we would be so appreciative you can just pop us a message on Facebook or Instagram and we can arrange that way sure. and then um, if you would like to donate anything again just pop us a message and we can arrange we've got a few drop off drop off and we can meet up and collect
0: amazing that's awesome yeah and if they wanted to get involved same thing hey I mean just getting um, yeah in touch with you on those platforms Oh, yeah, we're
1: always looking for volunteers. So if people want to get involved in any capacity, whether it's come and visit with us, teach a skill, they can just pop us a message. You can also take my email address, which is jodydonison at outlook.com. And you can find those details on our Facebook page and then just get in touch that way. And we can meet up I meet for coffee with all our volunteers first. And yeah, we can see how you can best fit in with our team
0: amazing thank you so much jody this has been amazing and you're doing incredible work so keep up the amazing work i know you probably don't always feel like that but um yeah you you really are an amazing amazing woman
1: thank you caitlin thank you for cheering us on and supporting us and yeah it's been amazing to speak to you thank you for letting us share a bit of our story on your platform
0: absolutely guys thank you for joining me today um, I yeah, felt privileged to chat to Jodie, She is a true inspiration, and I hope in some way this inspires you to live out the God-given potential that that is within you, and um, yeah, that you have access to, and perhaps we don't. And yeah, if you're still looking for my book, you can go on over to my website and find it. It's CaitlinDeBier.com, and you will see it up there. It just says in my book, and you can find it. It's a daily devotional. Uh, 365 days and it's for women sending so so much love to you wherever you are today cheers guys